0: hello everybody and welcome to the gms magazine podcast this is the rpg interview room and i am Paco garcia your host i know it's been a couple of weeks since the last time i released a podcast it's been really busy but don't worry don't worry because i'm going to be releasing more podcasts and i am so happy to say that we're going to be doing a gang board game podcasts in the next few weeks, uh, just because I can, because I, I, I miss my board gaming chums, so why not? Let's, let's do more interviews very soon indeed. Today I am going to talk about something I've been discussing in Facebook recently quite a number of times, with, well, more or less success, with more people, some people wanting to, some people not wanting to have them, uh, something that I feel is really integral to the world of role-playing games and I'm talking about relationships. And I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about having wives, having husbands, having a love interest, platonic or romantic, emotional I'm talking about giving your characters, whether they are or not human, a human aspect to them and giving a depth and giving them something else. Not just a sword or a spellbook or a bow, but something more interesting or an instrument if you were a bard, which would be fine. and. Um, Somebody in Facebook, my friend Tim, said well no Paco why don't we talk about it because it's something that I've been discussing and thinking about for my forthcoming role-playing game and it would be really good to have a weird chat and see what comes out of it. Uh, Tim is a very very experienced war game and board game producer and um, he's writing a, a role-playing game based on the viking kind of background, which I think is always a good idea, because, you know, Vikings, come on, what's not to like? So I thought, okay, yeah, let's, um, let's do that. So we got together. This, this is more a chat than an interview, and I am truly sorry about some of the uh, audio issues that we're going to have during this show, because Tim is moving houses, uh, which is an extremely stressful, really stressful thing to do, and yet, there he was like a true chump helping us with this topic and this episode. So, uh, get a cup of tea or whatever, I don't mind if it's tea or coffee or anything at all. Whether you're in the beach or the mountain, whether you like cars or motorbikes, just um, sit back and enjoy. Oh uh, by the way, uh, remember to subscribe please and if you can leave us a review in iTunes because that helps us an awful lot to be found by uh, as many people as possible because we would like uh, this podcast to reach as many players and GMs as possibly can and if you can please take a look at our YouTube channel and subscribe and comment because you know we've been putting an awful lot of effort into getting this off the ground but we really need your help for that to happen so um anything you could do, it would be truly and genuinely appreciated. Anyway, I won't rumble any longer. Thank you very much and I'll talk to you after the show. Well, I'm going to need something from you is um, uh, some sort of information that I can put in the show notes uh, as to whatever it is you've done, uh, any Facebook pages or anything at all. Uh, to to add some some info uh, for people to be able to click because it's, if they're going to listen to this and they want to know who you are, the, yeah, of course. So it's good to know. Uh, you pronounce your surname.
1: My last name is Korkleski The W Kork- is silent. It's Polish. Okay. Yeah. Korkleski. Yes. Okay. That's thanks. the Americanized version. If you want to go with the Polish version, it would be Korklewski. But Kork- uh, Korklewski never okay. that. It's it's Korkleski.
0: I may go from one to another depending on what my mouth does with those, those consonants. <laughs> <We'll Yeah. see. laughs> yeah. Good. Right. In that case, I'm, I'm just going to count and get on with it. One, two, three. Tim, uh, hello and, uh, welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, good to have you around considering that, um, this is going to be the first time we, we speak and we're going to talk about something really controversial that, um, it's been doing the rounds in Facebook and Twitter for, for a while now. Um, so hello.
1: Hi, how's it going? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, this is, I don't know why this has been making such a, a big rounds and why it's so controversial. Like I do, I don't, I don't understand it. it. It's part of the human experience.
0: I know, I know. But before we jump into any of this, because we've never really spoken before um, I, I need to make sure that you know how to answer questions because um, I, I have been with people who have, no idea how to do it they, they were politicians mostly um and some doctors but uh, anyway so i'm going to ask you five questions um that that will prove to the world that you can answer questions so question number one this is a pretty easy one uh tea or coffee
1: uh for me coffee um, uh, you know growing up in the states coffee was kind of the go-to
0: good good that's a good one um second question cars or motorbikes
1: Ooh, now you're asking a rough one <laughs> the answer in front of my wife is always a car for me though i've i've rode motorcycles quite a few times in my life so it's, it's a hard answer i'm gonna go with the safe one and say because my wife's upstairs car
0: oh okay <laughs> my car in brackets okay fine <laughs> okay uh the beach or the mountain
1: Ooh, another tough one um can we go halfway and say, I would love to be in Japan near mountains with beaches?
0: Okay. That's perfectly acceptable since that place exists. It can be. I mean, chosen.
1: we are closer to a beach, so I guess I'm going to say beach for now, but at the same time, I love both.
0: Okay, goody. Um, now, this is going to be harder fantasy or science fiction?
1: <sighs> I'm going to have to go fantasy on that one.
0: Okay. Definitely.
1: Definitely. Um, lots of reasons. But yeah, I'm sure we can get into that later on. That's a rabbit hole. I could jump down all day.
0: (laughs) Okay. um, And last question. Zombies or vampires?
1: Vampires. I you know, my my big breakout outside of uh, D&D back in the day was Vampire the Masquerade where Wolf the Apocalypse made the ascension. So for me that that still has a very special place in my heart.
0: Goody. Right. Okay. So now we have established uh, in front of the world that you can indeed answer questions. So I mean, this this is just going to be a chat because I don't think I mean I don't think this is going to be an interview, is it? Because I don't I don't have to ask you about your products or your books or your games or anything. We're just going to talk about relationships in games. But tell me something um, because you've been um, you've been in some of the conversations that have been going around in some of the yes. Facebook groups. Why do you think people get so uptight? about talking about relationships in in role-playing games so look good. it
1: um so i think a lot of it um so i've got i've got a couple of like i guess you want to call them politically correct reasons and then i have some not so politically correct reasons
0: um, okay. so Sounds i'm, good to I'm me.
1: brutally honest and blunt um because I've, I've had this talk with a lot of different people so for those out there that you know do know me um you know i've been in the industry kind of mostly in the background for a long time you know mostly dealing with sales and marketing but i've also done a lot of creative stuff as well so like i see things from two very different points of views but on top of that like my background's also martial arts and kickboxing and mma coaching so like i kind of get a bit more of like I guess you want to call it the nerd and the jock dichotomy for Mm -hmm. lack of better terminology there. Right. Um, and that's, that's not necessarily like the cleanest of labels, but you know, for simplicity's sake, that's what we would go with. And so I've asked a lot of people kind of about this on like, I guess you want to call it both spectrums of those things. Um, and one of the things is, you know, for a lot of people, they look, they look at RPGs as an escapism. Right. So, um, it leads to, and this is a term I don't like using, but it's the, it's the best way for me to phrase it right now, um, you know, Mary suing or Marty suing,
0: mm-hmm. and we
1: hear that term a lot, and it's usually very derogatory, and it's usually applied to fan fiction. Um, you know, to where, you know, somebody is inserting their character into whatever this, the, the tale or story or saga may be. And this character can almost do no wrong because they have no weaknesses. They have no flaws. They have no, basically, there's nothing you can do to hurt them because they're nothing outside of those actions. So um, some of the things that I've I, I've talked with folks about when it comes time to this very thing is that they look at relationships in, in, in RPGs, especially... In any type of a globe-spanning or fantasy realm-spanning RPG, they see it as a weakness, right? Because they see it as like, well, I can't, you know, so it, this is from the fantasy side of it, right? I can't do my job as being the big questing knight or heroic warrior or, you know, the, the questing wizard. I can't go out and be the hero and do the things if I'm worried about a wife and kids or a significant other of any any combination back home. Right. Mm -hmm. So they look at that as kind of like, well, it doesn't make sense from the standpoint of the hero. Right. And then on the other side of it, um, I've talked to some of my friends who are like, you know what? I've just never dealt with it in games because of the fact that they've been either going through their own personal relationship issues or, um, you know, just having complications in relationships. And they just they don't want that to reflect on the table. They come to the table, you know, and a lot of times to unsheathe the sword, stab some monsters and call it good. Um, For lack of better terms. So what ends up happening is for a lot of people when they start hitting, I guess The roadblocks in real life They turn the RPG into much more of a a simulation to forget about those roadblocks So for a lot of people what I've noticed, um, you know, is, is out of the ones I've talked to Is that when it comes time to this topic in general If they're going through any type of a difficulty with it, they choose to just leave it out of the game altogether because it's like they're trying to forget it already, right? Like so, for Mm -hmm. them, they use the game as the escapism, right? And for them, if they're having issues in relationships or they're, you know, whatever those issues may be, either you know not being able to date or you know in a a relationship with a significant other and they're having issues or anything of those nature, they just want to escape that, like leave it out entirely. They don't even want to talk about it in game. You know, even if it is from a character's perspective where it does make the character more interesting, they just look at it and go,
0: no. Which um, is fine. I mean, I don't have an issue with that sort of thing. Although I can imagine that that is also a pretty extreme kind of situation to be in. And I I, I know for a fact that not everybody who has complained or said, oh, I find that boring. Because I, I have had people saying, oh, you know, playing up relationships in games is, is boring as shit, literally. Yeah, which would be like, what the hell? I mean, you're married, you, you, you have relationships. Um, so it's a bit, yeah, I don't think that applies to enough people to make it a movement within role-playing games. I, I get the escapism, yeah. I, I really do, um, which is quite interesting because, you know, I, I go into role-playing games for escapism and thus I add diversity and equality. To, to the games because that's escaping from my reality uh, yeah. you know and, and i get rid of sexism because that's escaping from from the reality but um to pretend that oh no no because i'm having difficulties in relationships in my real life there are going to be no relationships in 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 my escapism i, I mean at the very least is fallacious uh, because yeah. you, you have relationships with anybody. You have a relationship with, with, with a friend. If you go out adventuring, you're going to have a relationship with your companions. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it is a romantic relationship or not is a different matter altogether. But there is right. going to be, there has to be some sort of emotional connection yeah. with the people you're playing with, with the characters you're playing with. Because otherwise, I mean, you're playing a board game. That's, that's not a role-playing game. You're, you're playing, you know, Wrath of a or Gloomhaven or something like that. So, I I hear what you're saying. I don't know how much that truly applies. I mean, if, to those people who say, I don't know, it's escapism, so I don't want to have anything about it. Oh, you just thinking that they have another reason that they don't want to talk about.
1: Yeah. And, and again, so th- these are surface. Things yes. That I'm, right. So I'm it's it's a tough one it's a tough one to touch upon because everybody games for different reasons like i've asked this question numerous times over the years of me working in this industry is like and you know i'm kind of asking the question of like where is the live unicorn right like where is the good balance in role-playing games between role-playing and combat like can we have a system that does both very well you know and you know because for me one thing i've seen because of games with various different people of various different experience levels and role playing um different backgrounds in real life and everything else there's certain people that are really good at more of the the improv method acting if you want to call it that And there's some people that are like you know what i am not good at emoting Mm -hmm. so i want to allow for some of those interactions to just happen by a dice roll right and like Everybody tries to encourage that player to come along and try to
0: be
1: their, you know, be their character a little bit more, right? But it kind of leads down to, this, this is kind of a dichotomy going farther back that I've seen is that some people look at role-playing games as like more of the method acting. There's some people that want like some of the super crunchy like role master or hack master where they're like, I'm doing this for a simulation of combat, right? Like, for them, it's like they 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 embrace the idea of being a kleptomaniac, a, a band of kleptomaniac murder hobos. Okay, right. So, um, I think I think where we're getting lost on this conversation in game with a lot of folks when it comes time to the relationship is we're not asking we're not asking them the more specific questions about it. I guess for lack of better terms. So. Because when, when people think relationships in games, they automatically think like, oh, so someone I love, right? Like I have a wife or a husband Correct. or kids or parents or brothers and sisters, like, right? So what ends up happening is that they're like, well, that's not something I want to role play. Like I want to, I, I, I'm here to be the questing hero, mm-hmm. right? So they look at those things as, as like n- knee-jerk reaction, right? They look at that as like, that's not something I want to do. I'm, I'm here to fight dragons and do cool stuff, right? They don't see that as cool, right? But I think a lot of that onus also, you know, kind of comes back on the GM, where okay, when it comes time to that, have you been actually developing characters or events or scenarios within the game that allows for people to create those relationships? Because the the one thing I can say on the other side of that, if you want to look at it from the, the super, if you wanna call it like macho, I'm using heavy quotations here, mm-hmm. aspect is that I played with a lot of folks from the military, right? The military you always hear like the band of brothers and sisters and like how they they I, it's, with the u.s military which i'm i'm you know used to playing with folks from there i can't speak to the rest of the world's military but they develop a bond that you know is sometimes tighter than their own marriages so you know for lack of better terms so what ends up happening is they, they if they've ever been in like any type of a special forces unit or if they've ever had to deal with you know people on a social level out in the field, they actually, once they get into the games, actually start to reminisce and kind of catch on to like, okay, building relationships is possible. Building relationships means something, you know? So again, it doesn't even have to be romantic. Like, okay, so I know this character, he's part of this town guard. And like, I took him out for drinks, we got along, and now he's like, he's like a buddy of mine, right? So like, for them, that clicks. And I've noticed that especially um, with my military friends that I've gamed with, is that they catch on to that seemingly a lot quicker than most others because they've mm. built those relationships over the years. They've kind of learned to look for those in adverse situations. So for them, they start applying that to the game where they're like, okay, well, we're constantly fighting orcs, goblins, you know, kobolds, yada, yada, yada. Those are adverse situations. Find the relationships that are going to work. So they seem to adapt to that a lot better. Um, but that being said, that's that's the relationships they're looking for typically are not like, oh, my character has a romantic involvement with another character or a romantic involvement with somebody in this in the campaign world. Right. It's more like our relationship is built around the fact that like I get along with this person because of personality traits or, you know, any other things that you want to throw out there, right? So again, they approach relationships differently, you know. So it may not be romantic, but they still vie for that in-game relationship.
0: Yes, and again, that I can understand, and I can understand the extrapolation of the relationship within the military to the relationship that a band of adventurers, uh, whether it is fantasy or science fiction, because, I mean, uh, I I, I haven't been in the US military, obviously, I was in in the Spanish military for a bit, and the one thing one learns in, in the army is you are part of a machine you, you yes. are part of a team and working alone is always a little harder and you're stronger together. So yes. bonding and forging relationships of understanding what the strengths and weaknesses of people and how to be vulnerable with those people, how to be able to say, yep. you know, I'm not particularly good at this one, I'm going to need help with this bit uh, and I'm going to lean on you for that, is actually necessary when you are in 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 the military because in, in a combat situation if you don't know that somebody's going to have your back you're screwed you're really right. are very screwed. Yeah. so i can see that being that sort of thing and i can understand the military being quite okay with having a gang not necessarily romantic but definitely unspokenly emotional relationships and very yes. practical definitely very practical relationships
1: 100 percent um you know and there, there are times when i have the conversation that i definitely I, I there's a lot of times that when i talk about this i also have put the onus back on the game master and i've already mentioned that once mm-hmm. already where it's like as the game master are you allowing for the players to form those relationships right or is it like a a, a an rpg video game where it's like it's literally just a static person in the spot And you know that if you go talk to this guy over here he's going to give you a quest right you don't ever actually get to know this person it's just this this person when i click this button gives me a quest i go out and do quest and then come back and collect reward right so if you as a game master are designing your games in that direction then i guess in a lot of ways asking your players to form relationships with people in game just isn't going to happen like if you're not giving them the opportunities to do so then it's just not gonna happen, right? Um, you know, it's, so it kind of comes down to what kind of campaign are you running? You know, yeah, are true. you running running a ton of one-shots? Because you're never gonna have characters develop relationships in one-shots.
0: Absolutely, and, and the thing is, I get, um, I mean, the, the one-shots, definitely. I mean, I, I, I don't bother, I don't even have a relationship with my own character when I play a one shot, because, you know, they, we were playing that a couple of weeks ago uh, at my gaming club and I, I was doing some really stupid stuff. I think, you know, running an over the risks, trying awful over the things that I normally I wouldn't try. Even playing characters, you know, play, uh, classes that I normally don't play because I'm not very good at them and I can't remember spells. Um, and I don't care if that character lives or dies, because I know that in three hours' time when this session is over, whether that character is alive or dead, I'm not going to see it again. It's right. a one shot. So why why should I bother? So I don't, I don't make relationships like that. Um, and I understand that that takes a little while to do. But I just cannot fathom, uh, regardless of whether GM plans it or not, I just cannot fathom not being able to forge a relationship with NPCs, you know, to to befriend the patron who's hiring you to rescue whoever or the people in town, in a town you've just saved and yeah. are very grateful. I just cannot fathom how do you stay so cold, so completely detached from that moment, from that reward that you say, no, I don't want to have a relationship with this. I don't I don't want yeah. to forge friendships. I don't want to be interested in these people. I don't get it.
1: Yeah. To me, to me, I it's a mystery to me as well, right? Because, like, the idea of the questing hero, like, and it's very core. Like, if we're going to break it down into such a generic term, at it's very core. Like, you're going out and saving people for the good feels, right? <laughs> so, like, because of that, like... You would like to know that, like, you at least get a pat on the back and maybe a free drink when you walk into the bar after saving an entire town from being overrun by orcs, yes. right? Yes, I'm using very generic tropes and fantasy here, but they do apply. Um, and I, again, I think a lot of that, too, it does. I sound like I'm putting a lot on the game master here. And, like, yes, in a lot of ways, I do absolutely mean to. But if the game master is, again, treating it like, okay, well, you saved this town from the, the ravening and orcs, and now you're over this way, right? Like, you didn't even get a chance to come back to the town outside of, like, somebody chucking you a bag of gold and you're just walking on your merry way. Then, yeah, you, you're losing opportunities to form those relationships. Now, I think where it fails, right, is when the game master puts those things in front of you and you as a player decide, nope, I don't want any part of this. Let's just go to the next adventure. Then I think as a player, you need to ask yourself, why are you playing this role-playing game? Mm-hmm. And are you fit for this group? Now, this is not a matter of like being inclusive or exclusive or anything in between. It might be that this style of play may not be what you are looking for, right? If you come into a 5e game where somebody has spent a lot of time building a campaign around like a small region where you're going to get to know people, you're going to form relationships. You're probably going to have love that is lost in some way or, you know, get to know this town guard who then just gets unceremoniously killed by the big bad, you know, and again, I'm throwing generic tropes out there, right? But it's going to make you feel something. And if you're literally wanting to just go play dungeon crawl classics where it's like, I'm just going to kick in doors, kill everything in the room, take all their gold and onto the next room. Cool. Nobody's stopping you. But I think that's a conversation that needs to be had before the game starts. So if you're in a game where the, the game master is trying to encourage you to have, relationships again it doesn't matter if it's romantic or any other type of relationship if the game master and the, the other players are trying to encourage you in that direction and you just outright refuse to do it maybe it's not the game for you
0: oh de- definitely definitely absolutely and i think that's something that needs to be discussed in in session 0 before you start playing the game i mean and <clears throat> i get that when you when you know your players when you've been playing in a group for a while Those kind of things come as a given. You know, you know the people, you get to understand what kind of gameplay they like, they don't like, and eventually you know what to add or not to add in your game. But at the very beginning it's a conversation that needs to be had. It needs to be discussed definitely. But I still wonder why are people so against the very notion, okay, people play and they want to escape, you know, and and they they've had some really bad relationships or what have you and they are just not interested but why the backlash why the no this is never gonna happen Um, why
1: that to me is a is a hard one um and i i part of me on on a surface knee-jerk reaction um you know and again this this may seem a little sensational at some points but keep in mind it's just you know Top of the head observation i think like so many things are becoming so politicized now is that whenever somebody brings something up that they see as i hate using the terms like soft or weak or anything else like they automatically apply that to like oh you're trying to enforce your ways of things onto my way and do we see this all the time with like the osr right and then, again i'm not crapping on the osr by any stretch right but like the gatekeeping kind of like neck mm. stuff that does go on in the background, right? And again, like, like it's, I am definitely not applying that to the OSR as a whole. Like I know a lot of great people that, you know, love the classic games and want to keep developing, understand all that. But for me, I think a lot of it is just like, there's so much now where everybody seems to be so politically divided and on teams that whenever new concepts are, heavy quotations, new concepts are brought up, like they always look at it as like, oh, this is you trying to change my game and make it something that it's not. And it's like, no, we're just applying a different approach.
0: Right? Actually, uh, is it is it really that different? Because relationships in role playing games have existed since well, the very beginning, so yeah, it's it's not really true. applying anything g- new to it.
1: Yeah, Dragon, you saying Dragonlance is a giant soap opera. Right? Exactly, like, if you think <laughs> is what it is, like there's characters that main characters in the story that are literally related Mm -hmm. and get into brotherly spats throughout like the entirety of the storytelling. So like um, the, the idea that like relationships just don't apply is such a strange thing. Because even if you look at like the quote unquote alpha dude bros that we've seen pop up through like even Dungeons and Dragons lore over time, right? Like the biggest one we can all think of when it comes time to like, the super alpha dude bro, like everybody who wants to be him is Drizzt Warden, mm-hmm. right? But the biggest thing with him is that he formed all of these relationships. He even has relationships with his enemies. Like, regardless of what he thinks of Jarlaxle, right, they still have a relationship. Correct. Right. So, you know, it's not like this emotionless, like, oh, you are my enemy, therefore I take out my two swords and cut you down looking all cool and maybe summon my, you know, maybe summon my panther in right because that's that's what people are when people are saying that they don't really want relationships in game they're looking at it from a game mechanic standpoint like i'm gonna add these bonuses to this role boom hey look at that i win yay good for me right but that's not role playing that's a combat simulation
0: that's, that's a board game Makes...
1: yeah that's a board game right so or a war game in many cases yes. you know it's starting to see that swing that pendulum in the other direction too um so when it comes down to that like that's that's something that it's not new by any stretch i just the backlash the only thing i could think of is because we, we do see so much like political team taking right now that i think that like the idea of like approaching some of these topics like people just freak out it could be the same thing you know and again i'm not using whataboutism here but that same thing could happen if you're used to playing with a group that's used to like more relationship style games and you throw them into a combat simulation Right where it's like, oh, it's like, oh, hey, you know, like, you out there and start murdering all this stuff, and they're like, whoa, whoa, hang on, I know nothing about why we're doing this. It doesn't matter. Go do it. You know, <laughs> it's going to jar them in the same way.
0: You know, I'm I'm going to go a bit more controversial than you on on this one because I I honestly believe, and I know that this is not going to apply to absolutely everybody, and therefore um if, if this doesn't apply to you human who are listening to this then don't consider yourself included in this but i think there is an awful lot to do with insecurities and the inability that we have as men because whether we like it or not we, we haven't really been taught to deal with our emotions that that's that's something that women do you know not something that men do deal with our feelings and and how to to express those So I think that an awful lot of people feel very insecure about talking about their feelings, even if they are fantasy feelings, in front of somebody else. And that's why they don't want to deal with it.
1: Excuse me, sorry. Um, I would agree with that to a point. Um, So this is kind of of a a rough one, because I I don't want it to sound too soapboxy or anything, right? But... So I'm, I, again, let's let's look at the other half of what I do, which is the the kickboxing and MMA, right? Like you see that, and it sounds very dude bro and manly, and you know, like it falls, it it checks all those boxes of like what people, masculinity. Ex- yeah, masculinity, right? But at the same time, I have watched in the gym more men cry, more men open up about their relationships, um, more men express their insecurities than. Anywhere else on the planet. Um, and a lot of that is because I think there they've built that familiarity and intimacy. So, like, there's this part of masculinity where it's like we do have to express our masculinity. Now, I'm not saying that everybody has to go out there, strap on gloves, and go fight everyone, right? I'm not saying that by any stretch, right? <laughs> but like, even growing up, regardless, like as men or even young boys, right? Like, we've all had that time where we've sword fought in the backyard with sticks. Mm-hmm. right? And it may never have been like some super violent, like I'm trying to beat my brother to death with this branch or beat we we see this we see this um. this trend amongst boys. Like, I mean, my son's four and he's still doing it, right? And like I'm trying to teach him, it's like, no, there's a time for violence and there's a time not for violence right? Like, so like, there's this balancing I think what's happened over time is that like and as much as I want to say movie media and all you take all that into consideration, right? It's like we, we've spent so much time glorifying, like, the actions that we haven't taken the time to really show what goes on behind the scenes. So, I mean, you were in, you were in the Spanish military and you've seen this where, like, you've probably seen guys that, like, in different units that look like just straight up badass action heroes, mm-hmm. right? And, like, that's kind of the persona that they gave off. But then you find out more about them after knowing them for a time you find out like no this person's actually like you know in the in the heat of the moment yeah they turn all that off but they're also very sensitive and they're dearly in love with their grandmother and would do anything for them or you know like they have all these different things i think what's happened is like we've groomed out of it the idea that men can be vulnerable like a good dichotomy of this look at the samurai culture Mm -hmm. right? When people think of the samurai, the first thing they think about is some badass that can cut things in half with a sword, like, repeatedly, right? Like, that's what we think about. Like, the the quintessential warrior that could just butcher people to death on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing as um, the Spartans, right? Like, the 300 did not help with this, but, like, jacked dudes, big shields, barely any armor, and a spear and a sword that they would use after the spear got to be too too, you know, too short or too long for their their close combat, right? And so, like, you see this movie where it's all these jack dudes doing jacked things with spears and blood and guts, but they also don't talk about the fact that, like, using the samurai as an example of this, regardless of what you want to think of the case system here. So let's not get into that. But samurai were taught reading, writing, poetry, calligraphy, art, mm-hmm. singing, dancing. And the same thing went for a lot of warrior cultures around the world. Right. So these things that we're now today thinking girly or feminine have always been part of super masculine society. Mm -hmm. It's just that we haven't for some reason we've decided to cut that out. And that 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 to me is it's it's a little weird. I don't get it. Um, But it's something that like I've definitely noticed just, you know, from being on, I guess you want to call it the opposite spectrum of heavy quotes here the closeted nerd in the basement right where it's like i've gone out and I've, I've done the physical thing i've taken my injuries i've gotten my bruises and i've even noticed that amongst like the men that on the surface you would see and be like oh these are like super dude bros and you know throw out toxic masculinity and all the other terms you want to throw out there right but like under the surface like they're they're not that at all so i do think that what's happened is over time we've taught we've taught men that like they can't show those things like they need to put on this this like exterior of like stoicism but it's not just stoicism anymore it's gone almost like this s- drastic step in another direction that's kind of doesn't make sense to me
0: well i, I think <coughs> you are you're definitely into something there but i think this is going this has been going on for not for a while i think this has been going on for generations and generations i mean we've, we've been if we look back 50 60 70 years ago um, the, the role of the man was a lot more defined and the role of the woman was a lot more defined than they are today. Today we mingle, we mix, we are more um, getting there on an equal footing. Um, and the, the man is the provider, the woman is the nurturer has been a paradigm that has been talked for generations. For many many generations and the little boys don't cry men don't cry trope that's been applied for youngs for absolute youngs um and I think the issue more to do with the fact that this is been um, rebirthing now is taking place more I think this I, I think it to some people it never went away I think to some people the the tropes the the social con- constructs of this is masculine and this is feminine and if you do this then you're being feminine and being feminine is not being a man and you are a man and if you're not a man then what are you and the alternative is bad you know the, right. the alternative of being a man is wow well, unthinkable because you're either a woman and that's bad or you are something else and that's even worse yeah so th- there is that um notion that expressing one's feelings is not masculine. And I don't think that that is something that's, I think it's slowly going away. I think with the, with the younger generations is certainly going away. And, and younger guys uh, are happier to form the relationship. I think the backlash I've seen the most about this topic has been from people my age you know, mid-40s, late-30s, people who grew up in the 80s, the 90s, and still cling on to uh, another generation, their parents, who cling on even more to the notion that feelings are for ladies. And, And if I had to take it one notch up in the controversy scale, Uh, Somebody said to me, and I completely agree with this, that there is an awful lot of rejection that comes out of homophobia because this hobby has been so male-dominated, still is, changing, but still is, that to have a relationship with somebody in-game means that it's another man flirting with you, even if their character is a woman. And that makes people feel extremely uncomfortable very, very difficult to deal with the fact that a man may be, you know, pouting at you or flirting or showing some sort of desire to have sex with you in-game.
1: Yeah, and I can see that to a point, but at the same time, the other paradigm swing on that is that I've also seen in the past where males have played female characters and that character basically turns into, lack of better terms, the fuckbot 9000. Right where it's
0: well, like yeah, but that, that I think with, that's a different thing altogether. I think that's more to do yeah. with, with, with sexism and the yes. notion of the, the woman being being a slot. But again, <coughs> how many times have you found somebody behaving like that and other player being uncomfortable because that oh, yeah. character was flirting with them? And you know that that's what I'm talking about, that even though the character is meant to be the one flirting but there is a man performing the action and that to a lot of people feels whoa, no homo boy, (laughs) not interested here.
1: Yeah. And to me, I I think a lot of that, a lot of that, you know, to kind of go back to what I was saying in the beginning, I I think some of that is just might be some of the social awkwardness that we're starting, that we we've always kind of known has been within the RPG industry where like they just, they don't, Sometimes they're caught with you know, like blindsided. They're like, I don't like. Their brain is not registering exactly what's going on, regardless of whether or not their best, their best friend that they've known for years be sitting be singing crosswoman. It. It's like, why is my best friend hitting on me? But they're not putting the, the two and two together that it's like it's their character. Like, on paper they know what's going on, but when they look up, they're just like
0: exactly dissonance. It,
1: it yeah, so I think part of that too might be you know, kind of, I guess we want to call it more of a session half between players where it's like this could potentially happen. Right. So because I've played female characters in the past, like I've I've played every major kind of race, creed, nationality, sexuality under the sun for characters. That doesn't change who I am as a person. Right. Um, It's just I, I think part of that, too, is also kind of having that conversation with your group. Um, you know I guess we want to call it part of session zero or session half that like you know my character is female that doesn't mean that I am the quote unquote fuck, fuck 9000 like I actually want like my character is going to form a relationship with somebody right mm-hmm. And you have to be okay with the fact that it's me Tim playing this female character and your character might very well end up falling in love with them in story that does not mean that that is going to be what happens outside of game right Absolutely. But like, game this is a thing
0: Absolutely, oh, but that's so, what I was talking about. The, the 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 insecurity and the homophobia of the thing. It's, it's a bit like I don't want this to happen because I could like it. And I don't want to see a man well and, and but some people don't want to like it. Some some people are so encased in in the role that life has given them, or the role in which they have allotted themselves into in life that they don't want to risk liking something that they've been told is bad. Yeah. You know, if, you, if, if you've if you been told for a very long time, and let's face it, an awful lot of people have been told for a very long time, uh, one way or another, that, you know, that's not for women, or, or that's for gays. Yeah. They may not want to feel that, oh, actually you know, I quite like knitting. I've, I've been told all my life that this is for women. I'm quite enjoying knitting, or singing, or I don't know. Um, I enjoy when a friend gives me a hug. Mm-hmm. I don't want to enjoy this. I don't want to like it. Uh, and there is an awful lot of that going on. An insane amount of that yeah. going on. And, and I'm sure that an awful lot of people are going to listen to this. and go, yeah. ah, that's, that's bullshit. That's, that's that's ridiculous. That's not happening. Bullying. No, I,
1: so I would agree with that. Like, you know, myself, I do... I do come across as very masculine to a lot of people. Most people that see me in public are like, you know, I just got this this last year at Gen Con where I had somebody come up to me and go like, I didn't realize that you were so nice and well-spoken. Like I saw you with your tattoos and everything else. And I just thought that you were some, you know, some dude bro that like made his way into the industry and like basically bullied his way in. And I'm like, that's because you didn't take the time to get to know me, but like, I'm a hugger. Like I 100% admit, like I will hug everybody. If I know you, and we're on good terms i'm hugging you right like that's just how i am um you know now some people are like hey not comfortable with that cool like we had that conversation already right so it's it is what it is um but kind of going back to some of the insecurities you were talking about there too like i i do think that like the insecurities that a lot of people possess causes them to feel this way um Mm -hmm. You know, now the, the other part of that, too, is exposure, right? Because, like, yes. me personally, I grew up in a very small community in the Midwest in the United States. You know, so we want to call it small white. We'll go there. Right. Like, <laughs> as, as much as I hate to say it, I was friends with the one black guy in town, not to make it sound like, hey, I had black friends at one point. Right. But, like, that was just it's the nature of that beast. Like, Ben was the only black person in town, aside from his family right so it, it's just that's where I grew up and you know at, a lot of it to his exposure like you know after leaving where I grew up and I you know I lived for ten years in Florida and I got to know people of you know various religions sexualities and everything else And like after a while you like you, at first full full you know you know full full disclosure here it was a little weird to me because it's like I've never dealt with it mm-hmm. right like one of my friends, Mark was gay when he, when he told me about his, you know, he was having relationship problems and then he blurted out Frank's name. I was like, like, I was like, Whoa, Hey, hang on a second. What? Right. Because it's like, he just sounded like he was a guy kind of complaining about his relationship at home. And then I heard Frank and I'm like, Whoa, Hey, hang on back up. Right. And then, you know, but that, that was like that initial shock. It lasted call it 15, 20 minutes. And then after that, it's like, okay, well, this is just two markets, right? Like, fine. This is who Mark is. And, you know, and I just, you know, with that, like, you know, you, you learn that they're just at the end of the day. And like, this sounds like I'm class putting people into classification bubbles. And I don't mean to, but like, people are just people, right? Certain people have been exposed to things. Certain people haven't. Um, you know, I do think that there is a little bit too much of the backlash and like, oh, people are just bigoted. I don't necessarily believe that all the time, but especially when it comes time to our hobby, because of the fact that like they have spent a lot of time, a lot of them spent that time being kind of socially awkward and may not have interacted with people of other, you know, races, religions, sexualities, whatever that may be. Right. So that's always a fair assessment. However, yeah, the, the, the sniping at it and like throwing that stuff out there online definitely does not help your case either.
0: Well, I I, ha- I am in two minds about that because um, I'm a very weird kind of person, and I do consider that sort of people bigots. What I don't consider them is to be malicious, which is a different thing. Generally yes. speaking, bigotry is born out of ignorance. When, you know yes. that what you mentioned about exposure is is very very true. Somebody who's not had the black friend or a gay friend is less likely to understand what a gay person goes through and is less likely to be accepting because uh, we have been given an awful lot of cliches and tropes that are just not true, especially if you grow in a place like that's, that's very religious, you know, and like the US or Spain. So what I am prepared to admit, and this is why I started to do the Dear Some Straight Gamer uh, series of videos, I'm prepared to admit and give people the chance that, okay, you are reacting in this way because you don't know better. But if I manage to show you that, you know, this is how it works, maybe you will stop behaving and reacting in this way because you will have some, some information. So I am one for starting quite, usually quite gently uh uh, to to discuss the issues and i give information mind you i my gentleness lasts very little time as soon as i see that people are unwilling to listen or to converse in a logical manner i I, you know my my blood sport is finding logical fallacies and destroying them i absolutely adore doing that so when when people say like somebody this this morning I, i saw um, a comment in an OSR group, somebody saying about trans people in games, you know, and um, how that there was an article about this woman who found out that playing role playing games allowed her to be the woman that she actually was, but wasn't allowed to be because her body didn't match the assigned gender, assigned a birth gender. So she was saying how, you know, d allowed her to be a woman. And somebody said, uh, playing role-playing games cannot allow you to experience <coughs> dysphoria. If you didn't have dysphoria before playing a game, then it wasn't there. And a, a trans friend of mine said, you know, that's not how it works. You, you can experience dysphoria uh, pretty much any time because repression is quite hard. So immediately, my, my reply would be, how do you know this? How how do you know that you cannot experience this for you? If you haven't experienced this for you, you cannot do it through role playing games. How how you know that? Have you experienced it? Have you spoken to anybody about it? You know, you're talking out of your ass. Now you want to listen to what people have to say, and I will be very gentle and I will be very accommodating. But if you start like other people were saying, you're just deluded. Then I have zero time for you, zero time, and I will obliterate you because you're a toxic asshole
1: right and there's 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 that part of it too where part part of a lot of what's going on right now not to get like super political with it all but like a part of a lot of it right now is we're sifting through a lot of bullshit Mm -hmm. right like we we are finding out that there's certain people that have never been exposed to things so like they might have views on things that they don't they may not fully understand or embrace, you know, even at the end of explaining it, they may not still embrace it, but they can respect it. Mm -hmm. Right. But then there's the people that just throw insults and derogatory terms for no reason. And those are usually the ones that I find to be the ones to be problematic. Right. Um, you know, and then there are some people out there that are just kind of like their demeanor is that of straight asshole. Right. Where it's like, they may not, that's, they may not actually be that person, but like, Just because of the way they type right it comes off as like very
0: yes and i think that that's something that we need to learn to do as a society that was um, i always say that facebook is advancing much more quickly than our ability as humans to learn how to process the information that we find in facebook so there is so much information that's missing when we type because basically not everybody can type well it's not just a matter of spelling, but expressing their, their ideas. I know I'm, I'm I'm learning all the time. Everybody is. So again, I, I take everything that I see in Facebook with a pinch of salt. But sometimes it's just like, you know, no, I'm, I'm going to go for you because I can see that you are this asshole. And I'm just going to destroy you because I'm in the mood. And, right. and we it, go for that. You know, I mean, and, and, But everyone does that. I mean, absolutely everybody does that. The difference is, though, I am prepared and maybe I'm biased, but I'm prepared to accept a woman's scorn much more quickly than I'm prepared to accept a man's scorn because I can understand a woman feeling more tired, fed up and absolutely on the edge. Uh, because they experience situations, oppression, sexism. And I don't.
1: Yeah. Oh, so I, yeah. 100%. Like, you know, there's, there's always the understanding, right? Where it's okay. like, you know, like, like I'm white straight male, right? Like I am not, like, regardless of how well, like, I know Ben and Mark using, you know, I, I, I'm sounding like I'm tokenizing my own friends. I don't mean to, right? But like <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like. I can't. I firsthand will never know what they go
0: through. No, absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: absolutely So the only thing I can do is just be there for them if they need someone to talk to.
0: Exactly. So, but that's an attitude that we don't see in role-playing games often enough. Or I I also have to say, a lot of people shut up, which for me is complicit. You know, there's a. We always say, "Oh, the vast majority of people are nice." Well, if they don't speak up, I don't know if they're nice. I don't know that they are my allies, my buddies, that they understand because they're shutting up. So as far as I'm concerned, if somebody is seeing how somebody else is abusing a person in Facebook or is talking against something in a bad way and you see that and you shut up, you're, you're an accomplice. If you are enabling this you should speak up because silence is complicit so the, as far as i'm concerned i'm very critical of the silent majority uh, and that's why i say you know in the osr community is pretty shit. Yeah. i know there is an awful lot of very good people in the osr community but i don't know where they are and if i don't see them they don't exist
1: yeah, which is always a rough thing. So, like, you know, anybody who's listening to this that is part of the OSR, they're going to hear that statement, and you know, again, this is not not to get in like a round of what aboutism, right? But like, they're going to hear that, and they're going to go like, oh, so clearly Paco just thinks that we're all a bunch of shitheads, right? I think I think the approach is, is where like we're 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 lacking as people. So like, <laughs> you know, in the case of like Mark and Ben, you know, in anybody else out there that's listening that may be you know black or gay or whatever is going on you probably just heard enough shit throughout your life that it's like you see it online and you're like nope, fuck this i'm done mm-hmm. and you go after it right get it 100 get it <clears throat> um sometimes i do think that the silent majority is because they see like this string of attacks on the person that are like it's already handled right so they just kind of go scroll on, let's see what's going on, right? So like, there's that part of it too. But I do think that like the one thing that we're kind of lacking on that, and this is gonna make it sound like I'm advocating for civility in its own ways, and in a way, yes, okay, I am. But like, is the people just kind of come forward and be like, hey, what you just said, not cool. Like, don't start with the attacks, just be like, hey, it's not cool, let's keep it respectful, right? And if the person keeps on, then take them out.
0: But the thing is that usually we start like that, I mean, the likelihood, if you, if you take a look at the, the, the conversations in Facebook, we usually start like that. <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and also, to be honest, I'm, I'm going to be very blunting here, but I think it's very unfair that people expect that we must be respectful when people are not being respectful to us. You know, if somebody says to me that, uh, or like somebody misgendered a friend of mine, uh, that's an insane, insane lack of respect. Why, why should I remain respectful towards that person? Why? Why yeah. should I? Re, why should I keep my cool when somebody is telling me that facts are gonna go to hell and things like that? Why? Yes. Yeah. Is it, so,
1: yeah there's, <laughs> so yeah, what you're what you're hitting on there is like the extremisms. But you know, so you, using using the misgendering one, like I've done it, right? Um, that does you know. But I, the moment it was brought to my attention, I immediately apologized for it,
0: mm. right? Well, Has the right thing to do absolutely
1: it didn't start off as like an attack right like if somebody were to come at me if you know because this you know i don't want to use past experiences to call people out by name here but like i ran into that at adepticon this last year which is a wargaming convention that we have in chicago here in the united states um i misgendered and if somebody would have came at me just attacking me without even knowing who i was or like you know, like I would have never, like at that point, like that puts me on the defensive, right? Where I'm like, whoa, whoa, hang on here, you know. Mm-hmm. Now you're assuming things about me, you know, where like a simple apology would have helped. So, like for me, I've always been of the approach where it's like, call it out, say it's not cool, say why it's not cool, and if they double down, then you, yeah, go for the throat. Absolutely. Right, and that's that's always been. I mean it's kind of the same thing like even if we if we want to you know go back to my other side of things which is self defense right if you're feeling threatened in a public space um you know first thing to do is try to avoid the situation you know mm-hmm. then the next section the next step is to you know let them know if, if it doesn't like just immediately escalate to violence right move away from the situation to the best of your ability that's not saying like you know not standing your ground what that means is that you know if somebody is coming towards you and they're a bit threatening you know maybe step aside maybe they were just trying to get through and they just come across looking a little Mm -hmm. angry right but if they stop in front of you and are approaching then you need to warn them it's like look no please stop this like i'm doing nothing to you you know i don't know what your deal is i apologize for whatever's going on but i'm not your guy Right. Or I'm not your your, I'm not your woman. I'm not whoever like I'm just I'm not the person you're looking for. And then from there you have to say it's like, look, I will defend myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And then from there, yeah, if it ends up turning into like a physical ass beating, then that is what's going to happen. Right. But there's like steps along the way. You don't just take it to somebody mean mug me. So I beat the crap out of them. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's kind of it's the same kind of thought process is again for me. And again, I'm approaching this from a different perspective altogether. That's typically the process I go through when talking with folks online that do kind of come across as you Know shitty individuals, right? Let them know it's not cool, and if they keep it up or they double down, then yeah, go ahead,
0: Wreck them. Trust, trust me, usually they, they keep it up, but we, we have gone away from, from the topic yes, of relationships. We have. <laughs> Why <Don't> let me. <laughs> and we've going on for, for nearly an hour now, so maybe we should wrap it up now that we are on a high, and um, j- just to make sure that we, we we go back to our lives, you know, in a kind of a zen kind of cool mood. Um, yeah. Three, three, three cool questions. Um, I don't know, I think they're cool. Um, what is the best advice that no one has ever given you? Ooh,
1: that is a tough one. <laughs> so when we say no one has ever given me, like something I just learned on my own or...
0: Whatever it is. Whatever the question means to you, that's what it means to you.
1: Hmm, that's a good one. Um, I would have to probably say that regardless of how rich you are, money doesn't solve all your problems. Okay. That's I don't want to go into that one
0: too much right now. Okay, but well, yeah, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. That's perfect. Okay. Um, What's the best mistake you like to make a game? Kickboxing. Okay, that was a mistake.
1: Yeah, yeah so it, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't something, growing up, like, it wasn't something that I was actually, like, again, growing up small town, for me, like, the idea of, like, stepping into a ring and kickboxing, or even jujitsu matches, like, I was not allowed to wrestle in high school because of my jujitsu background. Really? Because there's people from from other towns who are like, well, Tim's clearly a ringer, I'm not putting my kid in against that. <laughs> I was not mother Um, Same thing with kickboxing right where it's like that's not something you do you go play football or you play baseball because that's what it's the American way kickboxing is something that people from Holland do right it's like we hear weird things like most of them can't even point out Holland on a map but like kickboxing to me was one of those things where I threw on sparring gear one day I was at a I was at a a different school for martial arts because I started off very traditional martial arts and um, it just happened. Like, I thought it was just going to be like a technique sparring session. It's like, nope, I'm, I'm in a kickboxing ring and uh, there's my mouth guard and I'm wearing the headgear and what the hell just happened? <laughs> and that is literally, like, how my passion for boxing got started it was completely by accident. I thought we were just sparring, like point sparring, where it's like the tap and, okay, back to you. No, 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 no. That was not at all what was going on there.
0: That is so <laughs> cool. That is so, so, that, so cool. That is,
1: for me, that would be probably my biggest one, and it's been one of my biggest passions ever since. That's like amazing. Kids.
0: amazing story. Right. OK, imagine that you have a time machine and uh, you can go back in time and you meet your 10 year old self and you say to your 10 year old self, do not do this. What would this be? <sighs>
1: Do not spend so much time dwelling on what other people will think of you.
0: Okay, that's a fantastic one. Absolutely fantastic one. Um, Tim, thank you very much indeed uh, for being yes, with me today. It's, it's been not, absolutely not, fantastic. To, <laughs> <laughs> it's been absolutely fantastic. And, and I hope that we can repeat this again on other on topics because I know that you are publishing books and creating an awful lot of cool stuff. So maybe someday we, we can we can talk about that and your creative processes and um, how you approach yeah. games.
1: <laughs> yeah, I absolutely. See. I'd be happy to do it.
0: Good. In that case, I will talk to you very soon.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Paco. It's great having it's great talking with you.
0: Well, that is it. Uh, thank you very much indeed for listening, and please let me know what you think about the topic. How do you handle relationships in your games? And I'm not particularly... Uh, no, I'm not particularly not. I really am not interested if you don't handle relationships in your games. That's, that's fine, whatever you want to do, that's, that's okay, that's it's your game. What I'm interested in is, is what happens when one of the players wants to run and have relationships how do you handle that without telling him no you're gonna do that because um, well i don't want to know that's doesn't interest me at all it doesn't help anyone at all including your player so how do you handle that what what kind of uh, systems uh, you use to keep safety around the table and make sure that everything have the tone that you intend for your game other than silencing those players uh, get in touch with me, send me a message, uh, comment in our Facebook page. Uh, send me an email, podcast at gmsmagazine.com uh, Find me in Twitter, I am at gmsmagazine. The music at the beginning of this podcast is London Caves by Astral Doors and the final music is Omega Boost by shade. Thank you once again for being there. But I will talk to you very soon. Take care.